The good news is that you don't need to sit down and read the Bible from cover to cover in one massive chunk. All you need to do is read it one bit at a time. G'day everyone, my name is Mark Schroeder and welcome to Schroeder's Bible Bits. I'm a college chaplain and my job is to teach children and youth the wonderful truths that are found in God's Word, the Bible. I speak at chapels, at youth services, at church services, I teach at kids clubs and lunchtime Bible groups. Uh, At all of these places, I always teach from the Bible because I'm convinced that from the Bible, we get to learn about God and how He has loved us and how He has saved us through Jesus. Tune in and continue to learn about Jesus for yourself, not in one chunk, but bit by bit. Good everyone, uh, here is another chapel talk for you from 1 Samuel chapter 17. I hope you enjoy. Um, just keep in mind that this one starts and I'm pretending to uh, be sitting in the college gym here at my school, uh, lifting uh, a weight uh, because we're going to be talking about where strength is found in this, in this next talk. I hope you enjoy it. See you later. Oh, hi guys. Um, you've you've just seemed to ca- caught me here in the in the act. I'm just here um, lifting some. No, I'm not really. Um, I'm just here because uh, obviously this is a school gym, and uh, today we're going to be thinking about the idea of power. And when I think of power, I think about weights. I think about um, people who are physically strong, who are powerful, uh, who have the ability to perform well when it comes to lifting heavy weights or running long distances. That's the first idea that comes into my mind when I think about power and where it can be found. But of course, power can be found in other places, can't it? Power can be found uh, in something like technology. Uh, Just think for a moment about the power of Elon Musk um, because of technology. Uh, Here's this guy and he's been able to launch rockets up into space. And as they've gone up into space, they're out there floating around up there in space. But then also the other rockets that have taken it up there have actually come back down and and landed on barges all by themselves because of technology. Um, They're not driven by humans. This is a powerful technology that's at play. It's incredible, isn't it? Of course, when it comes to power, we also think about power when it comes to relationships. Um, If you want to find yourself in a particular group, then you've got to find the right relationship to connect with, don't you? Now, maybe there might even be people around us in our world who have found themselves in a powerful position via very particular powerful relationships. Um, Relationships are important um, as we think about power as well. Maybe you've got power yourself, maybe power over a younger sibling (laughs) Uh, maybe power over a particular job. Maybe you're particularly good at gardening or particularly good at mowing the lawn or something and you're quite powerful when it comes to those things. I don't know what images come to your mind when you think of power, but these are just a few things that come to my mind as I think of power and where power can be found in our world. And well, today uh, we're going to see that David, the newly anointed king of Israel, remember it's not Saul anymore, he's not the king. God has rejected him. We now have a new king, King David. Now that King David's on the scene, he actually knows exactly where power is found. Uh, David knows that power is found in the Lord God Almighty. And so we're going to see this scene at the moment, quite a, quite a popular scene actually. You've probably read this story before. Uh, we're going to see a scene where David goes up against somebody who could easily lift like weights like this. 
Now, he was a gigantic man, and his name was, was Goliath. We're going to see that David goes up against Goliath, not in his own power, not in his own strength, but in the power of God. And as he does that, he conquers Goliath. So, uh, let's have a look at this story. Let's consider it now together. So, as the story goes, God's people, in fact, his army, are out gathered on the top of a hill. And they're ready to fight against another nation. And that nation's called the Philistines. The Philistines are the bad guys. God's people, the Israelites, they're the good guys. Anyway, from out of the Philistines' camp comes this guy, this really big guy, and his name's Goliath. Listen to the description that the Bible gives us about Goliath. It says in chapter 17, verse 4, that a champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. His height was about six cubits and a span. He had a bronze helmet and his hair, on his head, and he wore a coat of scale armor of bronze weighing 5,000 shekels. On his legs, he wore bronze graves, and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod, and its iron point weighed 600 shekels. His bronze bearer went ahead of him. This guy is massive, right? To give you some perspective, my height is about 193, 194 centimeters. This guy is three meters, right? Three meters tall. Uh, I'm not even two meters tall. This guy's three meters tall. Even to give you some idea of what this is like, if you look at the doorway of your classroom, that's about two meters. Add another meter onto that, that's how big Goliath was. He was really, really tall. But he wasn't just tall, Goliath was also very, very strong. The Bible said there, he carries around his armor, and his armor was 5,000 shekels, which is about 58 kilograms. Just his armor is 58 kilograms, and his, his, um, his, what is it, his javelin, that was 16 kilos. So this guy's carrying around about 60 or so kilos of armor and weapons before he's even swinging a sword or throwing a javelin. He's just carrying that around, and he's ready to fight like that. This guy is big, he is tall, he is strong, and he is impressive, and he is definitely a champion. He is a champion that the Philistines are right to get behind. But he's also, notice, a champion who I reckon is, is pretty scary. And so actually what we discover here in the Bible is that as Goliath comes out and as he like jeers at God's people, and he's like, yeah, come on, come and fight me, God's people are hiding. In fact, even the tall sons of Jesse, the three eldest guys, the three eldest sons that we met last chapter, they're there, but they're not willing to go out and fight against Goliath. They're hiding in their tent. They're not going to come out. They're just going to wait. Even Saul himself, they're waiting and they're wondering who's going to come out and who's going to come out and fight Goliath. You see, the thing was that Goliath said to them, if you send somebody out to fight me, we'll have a fight. And if they win and I die, then the Philistines, we lose. We lose the war. But if you guys lose, then the Philistines, we win. And so let's sort this out with me as the champion and you with one of yours. So send someone out, send someone out to fight. But of course, everyone's freaking out and they're scared. Mate, three meter giant who's carrying around 60 kilos of armor, I'd be scared too. But while this all happens, along comes David. Remember we met David last time and David was anointed as the next king of God's people. And, and David sees things differently, remember? He, he had the, the heart of God. He, he understood what God wanted. He understood what he, even as God's king, needed to do. And so as he saw what was going on, he thought, I can't stand to this anymore. We can't let this Philistine, this guy called Goliath, stand there on his hill and tease us 
and in fact even tease God. And so he asked a question, he's like, yo guys, what's going on? Who's going to go out and who's going to fight against Goliath? But everyone's like, "Mm -mm, no way, not us. Well, David steps up to the mark and what he says, he goes, look guys, listen, don't be scared. In fact, he says word for word, he says even to Saul, he says, let no one lose heart on account of the Philistines because I will go out and fight him. David, he steps up. He arrives, he sees what's going on, he hears the fact that they are being disgraced, that Goliath is ripping in to the, to the God's people, to the Israelites. And he's like, we can't stand for this anymore. And so he's like, don't worry, don't be scared, don't lose heart, I will do this. Now, King Saul and the other guys there as well, they're like, you can't do this, you're only a little kid, you can't do this. He's like, no, don't worry about it, I've got this, I can do this even though I'm young. But David says, I can do this particularly because I'm a shepherd and I've fought bears and I've fought lions. Uh, What is a Philistine in comparison to a bear and a lion? If I can do a kill a bear and a lion, I can sort out Goliath. No worries. In fact, he says in verse 37, he says, Those other times the Lord rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear, and he will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. You see, in the face of great strength, in the face of great power, in the face of something that is actually sort of squishing down God's people, David knows where to put his trust. David knows where great power is found. And David knows that great power is found in the Lord God Almighty. And so up he goes to Goliath. You might be familiar with the fact that David is even given the armour of the king. He's given Saul's armor and he tries to put it on and as he puts it on, it's all too big and clunky and he can't carry it very well. He's like, guys, I can't do this. I can't wear that armor. Forget it. I'm just going to go out and I'm going to do it my way, not with a sword in my hand. And instead, he goes out and he's got his staff in his hand and as all of his staff in his hand, he's got his sling and a couple of rocks. He goes out against Goliath and in a really swift and in a quick way, if you read it there at the end of the chapter, David goes out and he slings a stone and it clocks Goliath right in the head and Goliath falls down. David goes over to him, he pulls the sword out of Goliath's sheath and he kills Goliath. The Bible, it even describes that Goliath gets his head chopped off by David. How humiliating for Goliath. He's been defeated by this young boy who didn't even have a sword, who didn't even wear armour. A young boy who threw a rock at him and then was able to even kill him with his own sword. See, David knew where strength was found. David knew that strength is found with the Lord. And so he placed his trust in that strength and he went on to be victorious, didn't he? As we read this story, I hope that you're encouraged to be like David and place your trust in God. Don't place your trust in the other strengths of this world. There's so many things that are described to us as being strong and powerful, right? But don't place your your trust in those powers of the world, but place your trust in the power of God. And we see the power of God displayed for us in Jesus Christ. In Jesus, who is in fact the Lord over all creation. Jesus, who is in fact the Lord who comes to die for us and to save us from our sin. 
He is the one who is worthy of our trust. He is the one where we see great power in action. And so will you place your trust in him because he has great power to save you, if only you would. Now, the thing is for this story is that this is only the beginning of a great succession of, of wars and battles that David goes out for. Uh, he goes out against the Philistines and other nations as well uh, in great power, uh, in, in God's power, and he's victorious. And as a result of him being victorious, God's people absolutely love him. King Saul hates it, by the way. Saul hates the fact that David's loved and Saul is not. He gets super jealous and tries to even kill David. But David, he is successful. He trusts in the power of God. People love him and he proves himself to be the king that God's people really need. As you see David and the spectacle that he made of Goliath, I hope that you also see the power that is at work in Jesus when he makes a spectacle of sin, when he makes a spectacle of death, right? It's incredible, isn't it, that Jesus would come and he would die so that death would be conquered. Death can't even win over Jesus. Jesus has got the power. And so the good news is that Jesus even has the power over your death and my death. Jesus is the one whom we, in whom we should trust because his power can have great effect for us and for our life, not just today, but for all days, for all of eternity. Two things that I hope that we learn from this. Number one, there is a great power at work in us through the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the Lord of all and He is the King who has saved us from our sin by His death and resurrection. Number two, Jesus is the powerful one in whom we should trust, in whom we should love. So do you trust Him? Do you love Him? I hope that you do. Thanks for listening, everyone. You can get in contact with me via Twitter at MRK Schroeder or on the Anchor app, you can actually leave a voice message. I'd love you to do that and I might include it in the next podcast. Catch you later.